We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. of the Ascended Masters have been called the path above the path. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. Well, greetings and welcome, everyone. Um, we're very pleased that you've chosen to join us for The Open Door. Uh, we are the internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Ross Brunson. Today, our focus is on immortality. That's right. Uh, not exactly a light topic. No. Um, we are indeed looking at the concept of immortality. You know, and really, if we were to give today's program a subtitle, it might be, Why Am I Here? Part 2. Right. Um, although it does pertain to each of the questions that spiritual seekers routinely wrestle with. You know, we should explain to our newer listeners, and there are a lot of you, mm-hmm. that our program is organized around four basic questions right. that all spiritual seekers deal with at one point or another. And quite frankly, we know that the answers that we propose to these questions may challenge some of your basic core spiritual beliefs. You know, and that's true. We need to make that clear that it is not our intention to, you know, argue the finer points of spiritual or religious belief. Right. We simply want to present a point of view about the spiritual path that you may find useful, practical, and hopefully soul-expanding. And wherever you are on the spiritual path Mm -hmm. is exactly where you're supposed to be. And we support the upward climb and the soul's journey without judgment, qualification, criticism. Absolutely. Now, God has a plan for you, and we simply want to offer a perspective for understanding that plan a little more fully. Which brings us back to our four basic questions. The first question is, who am I? And the simplest answer is we are all sons and daughters of God with the capacity to achieve self-mastery and become the Christ as Jesus and other ascended masters have demonstrated. That's right. And the second question is, why am I here? Mm -hmm. And again, in its simplest form, the answer to this question is you're here to gain mastery over that human manifestation, Mm -hmm. to to graduate from Earth's rigorous schoolroom and achieve the Christ or Buddhahood through the process of the ascension. And in short, to find God. To find God. And the third question is, where am I going? Mm-hmm. And we are going home uh, with a capital H. Right. You know, through the ritual of the ascension, we reunite with the heart of God. And that's our, our, our origin and the source of all life. Mm-hmm. And where is home? Well, the most commonly accepted idea of home in Western religious traditions is heaven. Mm-hmm. Eastern spiritual traditions have other names for it. But we're less concerned about what to call it. Then how to get there. You know, in the last of our four questions to complete the cycle is, how do I get there? Yep. 
through knowledge, application, discipline, diligence, and love, mm-hmm. we climb that mountain back towards oneness with God. And as you've heard us say many times, we publish and practice the teachings of the ascended masters. These are the saints and sages of East and West who are the way showers for all of us. These are ascended and expanded beings who have gone before and are committed to helping us find our way home, just like they did. These are our friends in high places. That's right. right. And which is the point relative to today's program, each of these four basic questions involves the reality of our true immortal nature. You know, and something else we should probably point out is that we understand most spiritually and religiously minded people accept the potential, you know, the potential mm-hmm. of the the soul's immortality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But most of us were raised to believe that once we get to heaven, we're there for eternity. Yeah, and we're in no way challenging that belief. Right. You know, when we speak of immortality, much of our emphasis rests on the concept of reincarnation. And the fact that as we see it, and as the Ascended Masters teach us, Mm -hmm. until we have balanced a certain portion of our karma and fulfilled our unique life purpose, we must return again and again in order to finish our earthly business. You know, in other words, while the fact of our soul's potential immortality may be a given, Mm -hmm. we don't have a conscious awareness of this immortality in our earthly experience right here, nor should we assume that it is automatic. Right. Um, Although God created man to be immortal like himself. Achieving this immortality and returning to the heart of God will take some work. I love it. (laughs) And more than our soul's immortality, we're really talking about the fact that death is not real. I like that concept. (laughs) I'm reminded that it was St. Paul who I think said that the the last enemy to be overcome is death. And you're right. The reality is there is no death, but this is something that we have to prove. Well, and as Jesus did through the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And yes, we are saying that each of us may also experience the resurrection as Jesus did. In fact, in just a few minutes, you will hear Elizabeth Clare Prophet expanding on this very topic of overcoming death through personal resurrection and what we must do to make this happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, uh, it brings to mind to me that resurrection can happen on a daily basis. Transfiguration can happen on a daily basis. We do We're really agree. talking at the at the end of your of your life. So, in mm-hmm. the meantime, I think it's a mm-hmm. basic equation to keep the concept of the the overcoming of death in perspective. By this, life is sacred. Mm-hmm. Life is immortal. Life is God. And again, making it quite clear that death is simply not real because God cannot die. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and our real birthright, this birthright of immortality and oneness with God. That's what we're here to do. This is the becoming one with God. Okay, so immortality. (laughs) What does immortality look like? The Ascended Masters teach us that the consciousness of our oneness with God occurs in these stages or through initiations. Well, like you you said before, you know, we we -hmm. resurrect daily, we transfigure daily. Um, And we are, you know, in other words, constantly transcending ourselves and hopefully growing ever wiser in cosmic law. Hopefully, yes. And expanding, yeah, expanding Mm -hmm. our consciousness. This is an ongoing process that continues even for the ascended masters beyond the ascension. I can't tell you how comforting that is <laughs> to know that they continue to learn as, as time goes on. Yeah. So, you know, though we achieve our immortality through the ascension, we are going to continue to grow and expand as we get closer and closer to God. Is yeah. that the concept? Yeah. And after we've graduated from Earth and made our transition to the next level, we will experience an expanded life that remains, you know, full of choices, full of new mm-hmm. experiences, full of new relationships, even full of new responsibilities. You know, it's nice to know that our, our service and our ability to grow and, you know, be more of who we are doesn't end right at the pearly gates. Well, at least we won't have to come back. Well, unless we want to. 
Well, <laughs> that whole free will thing, right? That's yeah. that free will thing. Well, well, that's a topic for another day. Okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll leave that. that one for now. Yeah. You know, I really like this this continuous concept of self-transcendence mm -hmm. a lot. And it suggests a kind of hierarchy in the ascended state that I really think we ought to talk a little more about this with Sidney Bennett when he gets here. I, I think that's probably a good idea. Okay. Good. You know, before we get there, though, um, I want to say something about one of our most important and powerful educational resources that we have here at the Summit Lighthouse. Mm -hmm. It's called the Climb the Highest Mountain series. It's written by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. It's a landmark series that comprises nine separate volumes. It took over 40 years to complete, wow. and it ranks as one of the most profound spiritual works ever written. It is a masterful work, and as lofty as that sounds, it's not overstating the importance and the impact of these books. Oh, not at all. You know, and if you're interested in learning more about the Climb the Highest Mountain series, which is published, by the way, by Summit University Press, here's where you can go. Um, you have a link for us, Ross? We do. You can go to summituniversitypress.com mm -hmm. and search for it, or you can go straight to the page at tsl.org forward slash four five. Zero three. That'll take you right straight to the first book in the series. Oh, good. Um, and speaking of this remarkable series, one of the nine volumes just happens to be entitled The Path to Immortality. Very handy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, no accidents here. <laughs> and uh, we'd like to share a little of that right now with an excerpt read by our friend, Terry Kennedy. Let's do that. The Last Enemy Although Jesus names death as the enemy, the last enemy that shall be overcome, humanity, plagued by sin, sickness, and the fears of old age, often welcome the grim reaper. After they have spent their allotment of energy in every form of selfish pleasure-seeking, after they have filled their minds with the knowledge of the world and followed its ways, after they have lived out their abbreviated span of threescore and ten, and marked their personal accomplishments satisfactory or unsatisfactory, as the case may be, they are willing, albeit reluctantly, to wave adieu to an ungrateful world and to sever the ties of human existence. This attitude is an indictment of civilization and of the materialistic consciousness that has brought it to its present state. This attitude, framed by an ignorant religion and abetted by a fatalistic science, clearly shows that the larger purposes of life are unknown. Life itself, which is God, is unknown to men, although many continue to worship at the altar to the unknown God. This attitude also reveals in the race consciousness an ingrained acceptance of mortality as a way of life. The hopes, the fears, and the aspirations of men all stem from a finite consciousness having a finite existence in a finite world. The illumined understand that immortality is not merely a reward for well-doing, although reward it may well be, but the natural intention of God for man that was manifest from the foundation of the world and from the moment of creation for each individual. As Kathumi has said, it must be understood that immortality is an endowment synonymous and concurrent with life, a birthright, not a usurpation. The overlay of wrong thought and feeling has too long veiled by an energy veil, a shroud of humanly misqualified substance, the light that is the life-giving essence of freedom for every atom in manifestation. Serapis Bay teaches that immortality is of high price, and it demands the allness of men from the smallness of men. 
Men cannot build out of mortal substance immortal bodies. They cannot build out of mortal thoughts immortal ideas. They cannot build out of mortal feelings divine feelings that enfold the world and create the great pyramid of life. Every son and daughter of God was endowed not only with a master plan, a blueprint for destiny, but also with the tools to implement that plan in the tenets of the law of life. These tenets are the keys to immortality. They unlock the formulas that enable man to find and fulfill his destiny and to conquer the elements of death. It is right that men should cling to life, but let that clinging be for the fulfillment of divine purposes and for the realization of true illumination. At the end of the rainbow of one's search for truth lies the pot of gold, spiritual illumination. Let us then establish the tenets of man's immortality, the components of his identity, the building blocks of being that equate the soul of man to the soul of God and ensure his immortality through the fulfillment of his master plan. When we return, we'll take a deeper look at immortality in an interview with Elizabeth Clare Provitt entitled Spiritual Resurrection. Don't go away. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God. And as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth Schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it Nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. 
Welcome back. In the following interview entitled Spiritual Resurrection, Elizabeth Clare Prophet discusses the ascension, immortality, the possibility of an end to physical death, and more. Our interview is Doug Kenyon. You say we're supposed to do everything that Jesus did. How about the resurrection? Well, the resurrection is the proving that the last enemy that shall be overcome is death. And it certainly is our final initiation. And the reality of it is that there is no death. But we have to prove that there is no death. The resurrection is a resurgence of God's energy through our being, through our chakras. And it was the drawing forth of the energies of the resurrection from the I Am Presence and from the base chakra of the Mother that enabled Jesus to restore life to that temple. He drew forth again the threefold flame of life that had returned to God upon his death on the cross. By the meditation of his soul with the oversoul or the higher self, he overshadowed his body until he restored that body to life. Now we begin our resurrection by the restoration of consciousness, of joy, of happiness, of love, of truth. And we keep on increasing and accelerating God's consciousness within us until the ultimate victory over death is a natural conclusion of our soul's quest on the path and of our soul's reunion with God. Continuing then these mantras which El Moria has given in the science of the spoken word as the heart, head, and hand decrees, we have a mantra for the resurrection. And it works every day. And as we give this mantra, we can say, I am being resurrected every day. I am overcoming death every day. I am the flame of resurrection, blazing God's pure light through me. Now I am raising every atom from every shadow. I am free. I am the light of God's full presence. I am living ever free. Now the flame of life eternal rises up to victory. I am the flame of resurrection, blazing God's pure light through me. Now I am raising every atom from every shadow. I am free. I am the light of God's full presence. I am living ever free. Now the flame of life eternal rises up to victory. This little mantra is accompanied by the visualization of white light coming through us, rising through us as a white fire pulsating from beneath our feet through our consciousness, coming through our chakras. It is an energy field that can restore from sickness to health, from depression to wholeness, from anxiety to joy. There is an alchemy in this mantra and in all mantras whereby in the spoken word, as in no other form of meditation, misuses of God's energy are transmuted. This process of transmutation means that each time we give mantras that contain the name of God, I am, we are actually balancing karma. Karma is simply the substance of God's energy which we have qualified either correctly or incorrectly so that there is good karma and bad karma, negative karma or positive karma. The energy which we want to requalify with light is the energy misqualified with darkness. When we give these mantras, increments of that energy which is stored in a force field comparable to the subconscious is returned to 
the great causal body, or the spheres of consciousness which surround the I Am Presence. Mantras, then, are not given simply for the alteration of a state of consciousness, which they do accomplish, but more importantly, they are always involved in the forgiveness of sin, or what we may call the balance of karma. Therefore, a mantra on the resurrection is for the removal of the consciousness of death. More than we realize, we are burdened by the energies of death on a day-to-day -day basis. Fear is the beginning of death. Doubt in oneself is the beginning of death. The condemnation or the belittlement of the self is the murdering of the self and its potential to be free. Freedom then comes through this resurrection flame. Are you saying it would be possible to end physical death? The termination of death begins in consciousness. Since death is not real, death is not manifesting now. What we see as death is simply the laying down of the body temple by the soul, who then is journeying to other planes of consciousness or other mansions in the Father's house. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am ye may be also." The mansions are planes of consciousness, and there are many planes of consciousness. The soul journeys to these planes both after the transition that is called death and during sleep at night. Our souls may depart our body temples and go to other places and other schoolrooms for a learning experience. Death, then, is the illusion of the cessation of life, and it is only real to those who believe that our life is actually in the body. But the life is in the flame in the heart and in the soul, and these move on consecutively as the path of acceleration continues here and hereafter. Now, ultimately, the demonstration of the ascension will mean the cessation of even that laying down of the physical body. But we have much more immediate goals than the overcoming of that form of death. Our immediate goal is the resurrection of life as it ought to be lived on earth today. What about physical healing? Physical healing comes about the same way, through the use of meditation and the science of the spoken word, and also through the proper diet that is most important, we can see that light in our body temples brings about a manifestation of healing. Since so many physical conditions are caused by mental and emotional problems, the healing of the mind and the emotions, and the erasing by the violet flame of records in the subconscious is often all that is required to eliminate physical suffering. So the first thing you seek to change is consciousness, right? Well, we go to cause behind effect. That doesn't mean to say we don't call upon the medical profession and use medicines and uh, whatever is necessary, surgery, etc., for the correction of conditions in the body. But ultimately, we seek to manifest the victory where the mind of God within us controls the manifestation in matter. What happens after the resurrection? Well, you'll recall that after Jesus' resurrection, he came back, he spent 40 days with the disciples, he gave them instruction in the upper room, and his final words, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And that power from on high was going to be 
the descent of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. We talked about the concept of ascending every day, every hour. The ascension is the acceleration of consciousness. It is actually the increase of the vibratory rate of the electrons as they whirl about and through the nucleus of the atom. The concluding mantra, then, in the Heart, Head, and Hands series is a mantra of the ascension. As soon as we begin to give it, we are accelerating the white light in our auras, preparing for that ultimate soul reunion at the conclusion of this life or our next life of incarnation. This is how it goes. I am ascension light, victory flowing free, all of good, one at last for all eternity. I am light, all weights are gone, into the air I raise. To all I pour with full God power my wondrous song of praise. All hail, I am the living Christ, the ever-loving one. Ascended now with full God power, I am a blazing sun. The visualization for this mantra is a sphere of white light that now envelops the entire form, the entire being. When we say, I am the living Christ, we are affirming, God in me is the living Christ, and that Christ which was in Jesus is now manifesting in me as the fullness of the threefold flame in my heart. Visualizing the self as a blazing sun gives us the key to the alchemy whereby Jesus disappeared from their midst, whereby he could come into the upper room right through the wall. That alchemy is simply the rearrangement of atoms and molecules of the physical body so as to pass through the atoms and molecules of the wall. Now the day is going to come in the not-too-distant future when people on earth will be doing this without difficulty. And it is amazing how quickly this will happen as they begin to understand the science of the word. Now when I say the science of the word, I'm talking about word with a capital W. I'm talking about the word incarnate. I'm not just talking about the words that come through the throat chakra in these decrees. I'm talking about the word as the very energy of creation which we express when we give a mantra. The goal of all of this is immortality, right? And that goal is something that is very near and dear to the people of every religion in the world. Whether it's called soul liberation or ascension or nirvana, it is the same thing. It's what Paul said. This corruptible must put on incorruption. This corruptible must put on incorruption. Paul said that as the very equation of his being, bursting from within. His soul was crying out. He knew this as the goal of life. And that is the eternal quest of the overcomers. He said, this mortal must put on immortality. This which is temporal in time and space, this soul which is my option to opt for eternity, must accelerate, must return to the source whence it came, the I Am Presence. Thank you very much. Up next, our weekly visit and Q&A with Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? 
and how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to the Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We're back, and joining us once again is our friend, Sydney Bennett. Hello, Sydney. Hi, great to be here. Hi, Sydney. Uh, you know, I mean, I think we've been both being very good about trying to avoid any any puns here, anything that has to do with <laughs> mostly, you know, mostly. Uh, but I think what we anticipate now is a lively discussion about death. <laughs> so, so Sid, um, to kind of start this off, we've heard the master speak of death as unreal. We've heard Elizabeth Clare Prophet speak of it as unreal. Is death in any respect real? Well, of course, uh, anyone will tell you has been to a funeral. We know that death uh, does change <laughs> right. a certain physical manifestation. Yeah. You leave mm-hmm. the physical body. But the concept of the soul and the consciousness as not going through death is something that we all need to understand. We like to believe in an afterlife and that we're going to be with Jesus and our families and so forth. And so the concept is, is not difficult, I think, for most people to understand. What people do need to look at is the concept of death. And death, how we live our lives on a daily basis. We do things that are incremental death by the, perhaps the things we eat, by the way we act. I mean, if we smoke, we know it's, it, it's right. death by increment, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so we have to embrace the opposite of that, which is life. Moses said, choose life. And so not only do we need to choose life 
as a goal after we pass from the physical form, but we need to choose life in our daily living, in the way we live, the way we act, we, as we think. And so, as Mrs. Prophet referred to, we put these things on a daily basis. You put on the resurrection mm-hmm. and the idea of the resurrection as well as the ascension. It's a daily work. So death is a, is a change of consciousness, is leaving your physical body behind, but it's not real in the sense that we think it's the end of all things. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that, that we should consider this, that we are building our life every moment as we're living it. We're making those free will choices that allow us to lengthen our life, you know, or shorten our life as it goes. I think, though, that anybody who's been through a family reunion lately may not like the concept of spending eternity with their relatives. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, those of you don't listen. Oh, please <laughs> not, Aunt Eddie. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I know. So they're obviously. Is that a question? (laughs) No, I think that was a statement. Actually, yes. Uh, in the form of a question, yeah. there. I mean, there are obviously some key differences between our view and some of the orthodox belief systems, and and how how we look at our mortality and and the relationship between reincarnation and immortality. I mean, some some uh, organized religions most don't even believe in the concept of reincarnation. So, can you kind of expand on the ascended master's perspective of of sure. this relationship sure. between the Again, two? And we've talked about this before. The mm-hmm. concept. And, of course, this is very prevalent in the Christian church today and certainly in the more conservative ones, that once you're quote-unquote saved, then you're guaranteed eternity forever with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the Masters teach us that we are indeed saved by Jesus. We're saved to have an opportunity to gain our mastery Mm -hmm. and so that we don't go through what was referred to in the book of Revelation as the, the lake of sacred fire, which is, in fact, is the second death where souls can lose their mortality and return to God. And so as I, the soul is not immortal until the ascension, and it can be lost. I think that's something we want to mm-hmm. make a point here. Not just you come once and you die, and it, you, you're one place or the other for all eternity, which really doesn't make a lot of sense when you think yeah. about it. And so it's an ongoing thing. And so it's, it's a different concept because we do re-embody until we get it right. I think the big difference here is with the Eastern teachings, for instance, the Hinduism, the belief, you know, I've lived so many lives, it's going to take me a million years to balance all my karma, so what's the rush? <laughs> why bother? Yeah, why bother? <laughs> and I think the reality is we can do it in a much quicker time. We have the violent flame and other tools. But getting back to what you said, Ross, that every day counts. I think we all experience that sometimes we go to bed at night and think, what did I really do today? You know, let's see, I took the trash out, I went to the grocery store, I went to work, mm-hmm. you know, and they see, I fed myself three times or did something with family. It seems rather mundane, mm-hmm. but what we do every day counts as we're building for that future. And that's an entirely different consciousness that I'm saved, and it really, you know, I'll try to be a good person, but it really doesn't matter what I do because I know I'm going to heaven anyway. You know, you remember, I think we talked about how this really comes down to a sense of our accountability, and that if our accountability is taken away from us, in other words, if somebody else is assumed to be carrying our load, then we are not going to do anything about it because it's a get-out-of-jail-free card. And this can be, and again, I don't mean to tweak anybody here, but this can be a very dangerous belief if somebody removes from us our sense of personal accountability. Well, that's absolutely true. And I want to just make it clear that Jesus has held our a balance for us mm-hmm. for a very long time in terms of our mm-hmm. personal karma. But now he's saying it's time for you to be adults, they're no longer children, step up, take accountability for your own karma and your own responsibility. And I, and I want to just add one other thing, you know, is, is the fact that in terms of accountability, if we think we're saved, then what is the incentive or the motive? Or we think Jesus mm-hmm. is going to come and take us before things really get tough on this planet. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. it, it, it's a less of a motivator. But if what we do every day will determine the outcome of this planet, and whether people live or die or find the truth, mm-hmm. then we have a new sense 
of who we really are and our ability to co-create with God. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I, one of the things that I remember years ago when I was in the service, they used to tell us we spent X amount of, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to train you. <laughs> and don't you dare go out and do something stupid and, you know, get hurt, killed or whatever, because we're going to have to spend that money all over again. It's just boggling <laughs> to me that, that, you know, what a great thing to tell somebody. Yeah. Uh, no, you can't own a motorcycle. <laughs> well, How okay. much am I really worth? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, tell me down at the penny, will you? But the, but the concept that God would, would, would create our, our being and our soul and, and all the things that we are at just for a one time, you know, fire and forget. It yeah. just doesn't make any sense in the level of investment or, or the energy involved, does it? Well, absolutely. And, and I think it's logically, it, it just it is so clear that you don't gain mastery in one lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can mm-hmm. turn to God and begin the path to return home, but it's not ultimately there. You know, we, are, we have been told that those that some of the fundamentalist Christians, who I grew up among them, and there's some dear, sweet souls, I can tell you that right now, when they get over to the other side after the physical change called death, um, they're upset because they're not really saved for all eternity. And they're kind of angry that they haven't been told the truth. Uh-huh. And so it's very important that we take that moment and turn to God and realize that there is an opportunity. Every day counts, but we are accountable. Mm-hmm. And if we weren't accountable, what's the purpose of life? Yeah, right. You know, I mean, what's the purpose? In mm-hmm. fact, I read one thing where somebody was talking why they weren't, didn't believe in God. He said, well, heaven sounds so boring. Yeah. You just <laughs> sit around. I mean, what are you going to do for eternity? And mm-hmm. as we heard... It is the most exciting place in the universe because we're continually learning more, transcending mm-hmm. ourselves, co-creating with God, and ever-growing. There is no end to the progress we can make, and that's the amazing thing. We just have to get out of this physical form um, to really make our progress, not forgetting our dear brothers and sisters that are on earth and suffering right now, and they need this truth, and they need this light, too. You know, you're so right. I mean, we can motivate ourselves. So, you know, I have a certain fondness towards computers and gadgets, and I'm just thinking to myself, what kind of things does the computer the mind of God have that I don't know about? <laughs> Interesting. That's right. There's an app for that, you know. <laughs> I had a friend of mine years ago, uh, somebody asked him one time, they said, brother, are you saved? And he said, maybe. <laughs> and this really, really messed with the person who asked him that. <laughs> They're just, what do you mean, maybe? <laughs> oh, my. Well, you know, you, you just brought up something, um, Sid, that we had heard a little bit more about earlier, I think, first segment, is that when you are in the ascended state, you do have perhaps new choices, new, mm-hmm. um, maybe even a new career, who knows, but new responsibilities. And I'm wondering if you might be able to share an example or two of what that might look like. You know, we in our human awareness and consciousness cannot even begin to tap the consciousness of God and the things that he has in store for us when we get and win our ascension. And this universe is ever expanding. It's ever growing. There's new opportunity for creation with God. There's new things to learn, no, no things to grow. And the universe doesn't operate by God saying fiats all the time. God needs his angels to implement things. He needs the masters. He needs the elementals and the, and the builders of form. In other words, there's a job for everyone, if you will. There's no unemployment in heaven. And the most amazing thing is <laughs> you can specialize in something, you can grow in it, you can become an expert on it, be part of God. You have a divine plan. I mean, we're not telling people how important they are to God, their divine plan and everything they do. It's not just a matter of I'm a worthless sinner, oh God, please save me. God is in need of you, this plan is in need of you, people in need of you, and every day we should wake up with a purpose. Wow. 
You know, I just I take this as an opportunity because one of the best books that I think that we have, of course, they're all good, but mm-hmm. one of the most informative, like almost an encyclopedia of facts about the Ascended Masters and, and some of the, call them career changers, yeah. if you would, once you get to the Ascended Realms, you might get that new job, is the book, The Masters and Their Retreats. Oh, yeah. And so many people have written to us mm-hmm. and told us they love this. It's easy to go get. Um, go to tsl.org forward slash 7100, and that take you right to the buy page. You can also get that on Google Books and look inside the book and see many, many, many of the pages. So I, I, I really think everybody should take a look at that. I think that's great, and thanks for, for bringing that up. Um, I'd like to maybe bring the topic back a little bit more now to what we were talking about before in terms of immortality and the process, the resurrection, the ascension. Um, as we heard Elizabeth Clare Prophet say that Jesus' resurrection proved, proved that death is not real. Can you expand on that? As How did that prove it? Well, of course, we know that <clears throat> Jesus was crucified on the cross and he resurrected his physical body to prove that the power of death can be broken. And I think that's the core teaching of Jesus. But it's not just at the time of the transition of death that we break the core concept of death. It's every day and how we live. And I think that's the most important thing. Choose life and choose the resurrection, resurrect your energies, your being, your consciousness. You know, how many of us feel the true joy joy of God in us every day? And of course, the saints didn't feel that every day, but there was an inner being, an inner sense that they knew it was there, and they sort of felt it both at the same time. They felt the pain of the world and the joy of God. And if you study the life of saints, you can see how happy they were in spite of their sufferings, because they did have that presence, the resurrection flame of God within them. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to tell you, one of the things that, you know, it's easy to get jaded as you, you know, as you <laughs> get older and you do your work and all that. One of the great joys that I have is we pick out the various, you know, books from the Bible and stories about children in the Bible and things like that. And we just read the story of Ruth, the gleaner, you know, the, the Ruth, the great, great grandmother of, of, uh, trying to remember which one of the saints it was. Anyway, Ruth and Naomi in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, reading these to our daughter is totally inspiring to me. You know, looking at these concepts with fresh eyes and, you know, making it exciting and doing the voices and all that. It's so so inspiring, and and that's what we really need. And you're making these people real. Yeah, absolutely, especially with the voices. You know, we've heard uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet speak about the ascension following the resurrection. Uh, is this an immediate thing that happens? And, and if it's not, what, what, what's the interval between the two? Well, I think there, there's a whole bunch of different factors that go into this. And yes, people can make their ascension after their transition if they fulfill the basic requirements, which we've talked about before. Is you have to balance at least 51% of your karma, and you have to fulfill your divine plan. And those are the core things. And so, yes, you can make your reservation immediately, but sometimes there will be souls that will defer their resurrection even though they have won it Mm -hmm. because they want to stay closer to the earth than those that are still in physical embodiment. In fact, some people will return to physical embodiment even they don't have to because they have a mission or an opportunity they want to serve and to give. I mean, that is risky to do that because you can lose your ascension if you Mm -hmm. have not taken it. So um, it's sort of a double-edged sword, but there's no set equation. But whatever you do, the more you do, everything you do every day counts. Whether you make it this lifetime or it requires another, everything you do now is going to be prepared for the future. And that's why what you do or think today and the way you embrace life is so important. You know, I think you said it a a couple of um, minutes back here about the fact that we overcome death incrementally. We, We do it daily. I'm going to assume here that the same is true of illness. 
Well, absolutely. And, and you have to understand that there's many causes of illness, but they all have a spiritual core in the sense of it's some karma manifesting in some way. And yes, you treat the physical attributes of that illness and hopefully can be healed by the miracles of modern science, which are a gift from God. Mm-hmm. But unless you go to the core of that, through the balancing of the karma that can cause illness, you really aren't solving the problem. It can come back again. At the, this level of responsibility that we're talking about is is frightening to some people. <laughs> you know, I mean, it really is. But but it but it's is awesome in the level of what you can do for yourself and for your and for your family. You know, I hate to say it, but we've got to got to take a break here. Please don't go away. When we come back from our break, we're going to continue our discussion of immortality and the related topics with Sidney Bennett and the crew. Thank you. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Back once again, everyone. Uh, We are here with uh, Sid Bennett. Um, We opened a really wonderful and very rich vein, I think, of discussion back in our last segment about the fact that we continue through our lives and after the ascension even to continuously transcend ourselves, to continue to grow. Um, And I'd like to hear a bit more about this because to me, the whole idea of this gives a meaning and a life to the concept of heaven that I don't think many people really know. 
Oh, absolutely. And uh, Tom, I think that's what is so exciting about it, that God has so much more in store from us for us than we'd ever conceived in our wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's holding us back is not God, it's us. When we make the decision that we're going to move forward in God and we take that first step, it is the beginning of that journey of self-transcendence. It can happen on the physical plane. We can earn our ascension through God's grace and through our love that we can express. And then it continues for all eternity. God transcends himself. And that's mm. an incredible concept when you think about it. He transcends himself through us, our mm. creation. And there's much more to it than that. And I think that if we can make the determination that we're going to accept the fact that God loves us, he has a purpose for our life, there's a reason for being, what we do counts every day of our lives, not only in our own lives and that of our family, but on this planet. People read what you do at a soul level. Mm-hmm. Even though they may not talk to you, they can see. And the choices we make not only are important karmically for our own spiritual progress, but they're important for the progress of this planet. The, the world events are overwhelming. I think we all agree on that. Mm-hmm. What you do on a daily basis and the use of the light that God has given you, the resurrection flame, the ascension flame, by choosing life, can make a difference on this planet. And that's an amazing teaching. And then, once we gain our mastery here, the universe is awaiting us. Wow then our work starts in a different realm. So does God also do this? Does God transcend himself? I mean, you know, God is God, right? And is it possible to be more perfect than perfect? Perfect. <laughs> I question? wouldn't presume to, to, to discourse too much on the nature of God, <laughs> except that we know that when we, from the teachings of the masters, that they are continually learning and growing and expanding. And they are busier now than they ever were in the physical plane. They're mm-hmm. trying to help us. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to this sort of preordination concept that some people believe in that, you know, it's not true. The future of this planet is in our hands. And for those that claim God, you know, why would a loving God let the things happen on this planet? As we shared before, why are we allowing these things to happen on Mm -hmm. this planet? And if you don't think you can change what's happening overseas in the Middle East Mm -hmm. or other places, you can begin by changing with yourself. And you'll find out through the teachings of the masters, you can have an impact on world events and situations as well. Mm-hmm. And I said I want to go back to something we talked about earlier, and that was the the concept of our, you know the preordination that we we're sort of damned from the beginning. Um, I th- I think that the removal, like Tom said, of that responsibility is really damaging. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a concept that you know if you're already in trouble for something, then what what's there to hold you? Yeah. You know, and so so can you kind of help shape that a little bit when you find yourself in a situation where somebody has a concept about you that you're wrong? and you've done something wrong, what, what can you do? Is it forgiveness, or what is it? Well, I, I mean, you know, some of the basic Christian tenets are still governed, even those that have an advanced knowledge of esoteria mm-hmm. and the ascension and so forth, the loving, the giving, the help thing. You know, we, I have an eight-year-old daughter, and I know you have a daughter, Ross, too, mm-hmm. and trying to teach that accountability and responsibility it, it is a challenge. Yeah. And um, so God has that with us, too, except God is probably a little more patient than I've been sometimes as a parent. <laughs> but, um, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know that well, part. I don't know. He, he has us as his children, so maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, but I think the important thing is, to, is again, if, if we just hand everything to our children on a silver platter, mm-hmm. they're not going to learn what life is all about. It's about getting up and doing. And if we wait till God comes to us, we're going to have a very long wait. We have to take a step. We have, God will offer it to us, but we must take that step to receive it. And as long as we don't take those, we're going to come back and do the same thing over and over and over again. And if God isn't bored by it, I'm sure I'm bored by doing the same thing over and over again. But there's a whole 
opportunity out there. You know, I, I wanted to mention the fact that Mrs. Prophet told a story once about a soul that had really made some very wrong decisions in many embodiments. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they had made so much bad karma that they asked her and they said, you know, what's the point of me even trying to do it? I've done so many bad things. Why do I want to make all the effort to balance this karma? And I loved her answer. It said, her answer was, it was for the joy of overcoming. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever achieved something and, and gotten a goal, you know how exciting and wonderful that feels. And the great news is the ultimate goal is our ascension. But even then, we have greater goals in God. And that's Mm -hmm. Pretty exciting when you think of eternity. The joy of overcoming. That's yeah, you know, that's, that whole thing about, uh, you know, working for one big long goal versus working for a series of small goals. I think it was Francis or Roger Bacon that, that had that concept, which was the mind of man doesn't really do too well with one very large, you know, long in the future goal. But to set yourself a series of goals and today do what you can. Well, I, I love the quote that uh, Senator Master Elmoria gave. And he said, to make your ascension. You only have to get up one more time, and then you fall. Yeah. Doesn't seem so hard, does it? No. I think Rocky Marciano said that, too, but maybe he was, <laughs> maybe he was paraphrasing more. <laughs> well, and I think we hear from the other masters. I know that St. Germain had said that he earned his ascension by making a million right decisions. Right. It wasn't just one. Two million, I think. Two million. Two million. <laughs> I stand corrected. One of those is being accurate. Millions. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that, that this uh, issue of accountability we've spoken of before uh, we have the masters tell us, or they admonish us, you know, may you pass all your tests. Mm -hmm. If somebody else is taking our tests and passing them for us, what good is it? Right. You know, and, it's called and, enabling. Fact, yeah. They would, I think the masters teach, they would not deny us the joy of our uh, over, victory, well, the joy of overcoming, the joy of our victory. You know, I had, when I was quite younger, I worked in Africa for a while and I had the opportunity to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, which is not a physically difficult mountain in the sense you don't use ropes or so forth, but the altitude is so high at 20,000 feet, it takes an extraordinary physical effort to mm -hmm. get up there just mm -hmm. from breathing. And I can tell you, I questioned myself every step of the way <laughs> when I got near the summit, but I forgot all about the pain when I got there and had the joy of the victory. Yeah. And that's what God is trying to, to say. It's there. It's yours. Go for it. Oh. And we've talked about this before, you know, that we need to practice that kindness with others and, and let them know mm -hmm. that they're doing a good thing. And I think that's, especially in our lives, said that we see that out pictured through our children. You know, that kind word, that little encouragement that says, hey, you know, I noticed you've been working hard on this yeah. and you're doing better. You know, it doesn't matter how old or young you are, that can really be a help to, to someone else who's on their path. Well, I think, the rest, that goes back to the concept of who we are is more important than what we believe. Mm -hmm. And there are many souls that have no understanding <clears throat> or awareness of these concepts we're talking about today, but they have so embodied the teaching of Jesus and have so lived them that when they make their trans transition, not only do they have the possibility of the ascension, but many times they can get at a higher level than those of us that think that we know it all mm -hmm. because we have an outer awareness of some of these things. It's becoming them that what counts. Mm -hmm. It's not an awareness. It's not an intellectual knowledge. Right. It's putting them into practice, and that begins with love, begins with kindness, and all the things we try and teach our children, which are so important for our own personal path. When you combine the knowledge of the path with the tools and the love and the instruction that we've received, you've got a winning combination. Mm -hmm. And then the use of the violet flame and the science of the spoken word can give you that added impetus to overcome, oh, those so many mistakes we've made in the past. Mm -hmm. But, you know, not just mistakes, but good things as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. So don't be too hard on yourself. But no, this is the day when you take that turn and come back to God and start that journey home, which will be the greatest joy of your entire existence. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, and I think that that sense of accountability is a joyful 
experience. It isn't necessarily carrying, carrying a heavy burden, but that as we understand, we're using God's energy for everything. I am accountable. Yeah, I am accountable. It exactly. takes courage mm-hmm. to make that statement, mm-hmm. but when you make it, it feels good it's because like I have a reason for being. Mm-hmm. I am accountable. Now you have some control. Now you have some push. Uh, and, and actually the fiat of saying that. Say, you know, that was one of the things I wanted to go back to mm-hmm. was that we need to say these things. We need to stand up and actually utter it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about that in previous uh, episodes. We have many times. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I'm taking accountable, accountability for who I am and God's purpose in my life. And that takes courage to do that sometimes, because some of us have made some pretty bad mistakes. Well, that's why the lure of having someone or somebody else take that accountability from you is so seductive. Sure. It's like, sure, I'll I'll give it to you. But really, the courage that it requires to embrace the idea that I am accountable. And with God's help, I can balance my mistakes. Indeed. Well... Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I wish that we had more time, actually. This has been fantastic. And Sydney, as always, uh, I just want to thank you for your insight and your wisdom. And please join us next week when our mm-hmm. topic is going to be freedom. Who is St. Germain? For those of you who may not be aware, St. Germain is the god of freedom to the earth, the master alchemist, America's sponsor, the hierarch of the Aquarian Age, Violet Flame Master, and the Chohan of the Seventh Ray. Now that's a resume. That's a resume. So uh, remember... Though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.